0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Atcast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your Guardian Deity Soup
1: and I'm your Kanto Renu.
0: <laughs> this week, at stands for Ace Transition because we'll be talking about haiku. But before we get into that, uh what have uh, what have what have we been up to, Renu, in the uh, <laughs> in in these turbulent times to say the least.
1: Uh yeah, well, surprisingly my life has been uh well, mostly trying to stay as quarantined as possible, considering I, s- I have to work on site. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But other than that, um, so I know I've mentioned to you about how since the whole shtick went down, um, we've been coming across some stray cats that we've taken in.
0: Yeah, it seems uh, that every time I talk <laughs> to you, you have a new one. It's It's very weird
1: right now we're up to four stray cats (laughs) holy
0: crap what
1: and uh two of them are not strays two of them belong to um my roommate but uh, so in total we have six cats in this
0: household and it's wild (laughs) oh my god how do you like how
1: (laughs) they just like They come out, and then we know they're strays, and they're starving, and so we take them home, and then they don't have microchips, and we put up posters and posts online and stuff, and no one claims them, so we just still have them. uh, And we can't, like, take them to shelters, because all the shelters are full from people abandoning their animals, so we just keep them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How how long is it before your apartment is like considered a shelter? <laughs> I don't know. Cause I, I think you're rapidly approaching that point. Uh,
1: I don't we, know we do where have... it is, but yeah. Yeah. Well thankfully we do have uh potential adopters for two of these cats. They're 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 a pair of brother kittens. Oh um, thank so, God. Yeah, they'll thankfully hopefully be adopted together and they'll be happy with New owners who are not us. Even though I, it's been a joy being able to, you
2: know, oh, I'm, raise I'm them sure, and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, they're they're I think around three or four months old, so they're at that prime kitten adoption age. Uh, and they're super sweet, really friendly. They're really good with their claws. They're just, you know, they're a little scamp, so they haven't quite learned the word no yet. And they climb all over me at nighttime, just. Trying to get me to play with them whenever they're awake and I'm asleep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they're super, super sweet. And so all the cats that all these strays that we've come across—they're not like feral or anything. So they're very, actually, pretty welcoming to humans. Like they definitely know that humans equal generally equal good things. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, um, I think we've been pretty lucky that. They've all been really nice and so we've been happy to take care of them.
0: I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Um That's can you imagine if people worked this way? Like, can you imagine if you were just out there and <laughs> like your parents like threw you out of the house and you just wandered around until somebody was like, Hey you wanna come to my place? We got food and stuff and there's like four <laughs> other people who've been kicked out of their house. <laughs> I mean d- that
1: isn't that how shelters work? <laughs>
0: You know, shelters? <laughs> I, I just realized that I was kind of like joking about this, but this is how queer households work. They just kind of accumulate, um, in my experience. So, yeah, I mean, fair that's enough. How homeless shelters okay. work, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how homeless shelters work. Um, homeless shelters aren't quite as, uh... they have a lot more restrictions than you would you would imagine. So they're not like ideal, but but mm. yeah, in, in in a sense, but yeah. um... That's wild. That is so wild. Four stray cats? I how 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 are you even in a position where like you're you're you see stray cats? Like where are they Uh, coming from?
1: They so our area, I think I I mean we live in a city, so of course there's just a lot of strays in general. But yeah, there's there's a larger amount in our area where it's more rural and so there's like lots of places for these guys to just kind of like hang out and get set up and not necessarily have to worry about uh people bothering them Um but as a result people here are very lackadaisical when they come across a stray like they don't care about really helping it they kind of treat them as a menace or a nuisance you know Man, so that's so wild yeah, it's crazy. So it it feels bizarre that like no one here cares. And so we feel like we have to you know, like we we go out of our way to help these animals because it's just it it feels like that's common sense, but right, the common yeah, sense yeah. here with everyone else is, you know, don't bother with them. Wow.
0: Wow. That's a lot. If...
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: that is uh that is quite a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But hopefully we can find all these guys good homes, and because they're really good animals.
0: Yeah, I do, yeah. That's just you know maybe it's because like the town that I live in is like very much a dog town. Like oh, I like there's just no cats really. It's, it's yeah. just all people walking their dogs all the time. Because I don't yeah. know, they got like time, energy, and money for that. I I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean there are a lot of stray dogs around here too. Mm-hmm. Um we're working on trying to gain the trust of this one stray dog that keeps hanging around our street but he's so very like leash avoidant like any anything like that um that he doesn't he he's really hard to like actually gain the trust of so we've been ch- trying to like feed him and stuff like that but right right it's tough yeah yeah i i get yeah. that i get that yeah so that's that's mostly what we've been up to is just working and taking care of
0: animals <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I I, I feel like that's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you up to? <laughs> um, that's
0: a that's a very good question. It has been a yeah. um a very sort of interesting um oh shoot it has been like like an actual month since we've recorded an episode. That's, yeah. That's mm-hmm. wild. Um, right? I would have liked to get this done uh, earlier, but um, obviously I know that you still have kind of a, a normal-ish schedule, so we have to, you know, work based off of um, uh, uh, what you can do, not my, like, weird superhuman consumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I messaged you, like, a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I'm, yeah, you I'm did. done. you <laughs> And, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and and when I messaged you that I was done, I didn't just mean I was done with the anime. I, I, I was caught up to the manga.
1: Thank <gasps> you. I was going to say, I was, I, was, I was about to be like, well, because you consume things so quickly, I was going to ask if you wanted to approach the manga. But oh, then I was did. Like, oh, but that's so much.
0: <laughs> oh, I did. No, don't worry. I'm, I'm caught oh, good. up. I'm like oh, good. one or I'm two so chapters glad. behind. Because yeah.
1: I do want to talk about the manga because oh, okay, I, I haven't read it. Um, oh okay, yeah, yeah. But I wanted, you know, for us to be able to discuss it with, you know, so people listening can know what it's like versus the anime. Yeah. So yeah. That's absolutely. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, for <laughs> a solid, I think, week and a half, um, uh-huh. there was just a high Q shaped, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say tumor, but that that doesn't seem like the right word. No. It was like, ah, okay. After after my week and a half high Q, um, yeah. Haiku run. Uh, yeah. There was a haiku-shaped hole in my life, basically.
1: Oh no! A <laughs> <'Cause>,
0: volleyball-shaped hole. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the shape and size of a volleyball somewhere, like in in maybe like near my sternum. But like, yeah, no. So I. And and I, if you've ever if you've been listening for a while if you know me at all uh, you know I'm not much of a sports anime person yeah so for something to capture me like this um, yeah like, the last time was probably like Karako no Basque, and that was mostly because they're not really playing basketball they're firing lasers at each other and I think that's <laughs> <Yeah. is> hilarious <laughs> um, no but yeah Haiku Haiku was was what I spent um, the sort of early weeks of this month doing. Mm-hmm. and after that i didn't really know what to do so <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to to compensate for that i fell into a different hole actually two different ones um i fell uh-huh. deeper into that v tubing hole so i watched yes. s- a lot more v tubing stuff which yeah is- just fucking wild it never the it's the train that just never stops that they just remember their idols i it it got to the point where in the in the podcast discord server i have created a channel that is entirely (laughs) for posting screen caps out of context so that i don't have to feel bad about spamming the like normal channels yes um speaking of which our discord server is open to any and all members of the uh of our audience who wish to join so i'll leave a link to that in our description and if you wanna you can come chat with us uh i talk at odd hours of the night and if you if you want to that's your sort of choice (laughs) that's your mistake (laughs) um but yeah so i that was the first thing i did um i watched some more of the the tubing stuff um you know, obviously, I played some some Grand Blue and some Overwatch and all all that kind of jazz. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the other kind of big thing that I did, which is I mm-hmm. decided to embark upon the journey that is the Fate series. Yes. And my God, <laughs> if it is not the like most, I understand why I haven't gotten into it until now because it's so much. And it is a, a much a lot there's so much like it's it's obviously you know quite quite deep there's a depth to it but it's also yeah. very broad there's so much anime even even if you were just like i want to watch fate anime there's like 80 of those suckers it's so hard and then like yeah. there's always the like age-old question of where do you start with fate and mm-hmm I think I've come to my conclusion uh, about this, because a lot of people online will just recommend, oh, you should watch, you should watch Fate Zero, and because it comes first chronologically. And I'm like, that's, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in they my life. They are
1: incorrect.
0: I, that is the worst <laughs> advice I've ever received in my life. Yep. And it was something that a lot of people said, and I was like, Aah. No. No. So here is, here is my thought about it, yeah. which is that you should watch Fate 2006 first. Yes, you should absolutely watch it first, and yes. I know that this is a tough ask, right? Because Fate 2006 sucks. It's not good. It's <laughs> not that interesting to watch. It's very like basic. the The plot is a little bit like, um, I like. I suspect that at least some of it was lost in kind of the translation into anime. But it just feels like very like 2006 anime. There's nothing that special about it, and right. um you know i think it's by, i do like I, I the fight that scenes it, it was by studio dean i think that that was mm. the studio that did it and mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's just not that special it's interesting if if you're interested in in fate but like you should not go into fate 2006 expecting to immediately be enraptured you should see 2006 as like the hurdle you must get over to get into the series
1: I mean, it's it's the introduction, right? Yeah, um, right. Kind of like, like JoJo's Part One. It's the introduction to the and, whole legacy.
0: And I kind of, I kind of get it because, like, a, this is the same impetus that a lot of people have to ask people to skip Part One of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And it's like, yeah. but like somehow even worse because at least at least Part One is a good adaptation. Um, mm. Two two thousand six is 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 pretty rough. It's pretty bland they skimp a lot on, like, um, writing and characterization, and mm-hmm. it's just, these are the events that happen, and we're not that interested in exploring, like, why things are happening. Yeah. That I suspect the, the visual novel does. But the visual novel is, like, a hundred fucking hours long, so, like, you can't, in good conscience, ask somebody to to read through it or play it, right? right? You, you should just ask them to watch 2006 anime, which might right. be kind of slow and boring but is the is the starting point and it's only like right what like nine ish hours as as opposed to a hundred i i'll take that any day you know Mm -hmm. um honestly if you're so inclined because i know that i know that this is not like universal advice like some people really really can't get into something unless it immediately captures their attention just like Mm -hmm just like read what what Fate 2006 like the read the plot synopsis and then just watch yeah, Fate 0 yeah that's what Zero, i was thinking right? like
1: like read read the plot but maybe watch some of the fight scenes cuz they're actually they're all some right they're are yeah, pretty yeah. good yeah um and then after that watch Fate 0 um.
0: yeah yeah um i would say that it, the order you should watch in is 2006 Fate Zero Unlimited Blade Works the the series, not the not the movies, and and then you know Heavens Feel, obviously, um because well one it's just the order that they came out in, and I, it just kind of feels right to me to watch things in the order that they came out in, and not in like some weird Frankenstein chronological order. I mean, you know, right. how you enjoy your media is sort of sort of up to you. Um, but I think it's the most interesting, and especially because like. Unlimited Blade Works actually does a lot of work to add scenes that aren't in the original visual novel to complement Fate Zero. Because, you know, obviously Fate Zero came out after the the original visual novel. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a better experience if you watch 2006 where Fate Zero, you know, didn't exist yet. And then you watch Mm -hmm. Fate Zero. Where you kind of get re- recontextualized for a lot of things that happen. And then you go into Unlimited Blade Works. And not only do you not have to watch the same opening sequence again. Um, I mean, you still do. But, like, it's interesting because, you know, you don't have to watch the same anime twice for, like, a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ufotable does a good job, honestly, of um, uh, avoiding this problem. Because they decided to show the events from a different character's perspective. Um, and that was yeah. a very good choice. Yep. Mind you, <laughs> mm-hmm. um. But yeah, no. Ufo Tables like adaptations are spot on. Like mm-hmm. they're some of the best like non anime to anime adaptations I've ever seen. It's really mm-hmm. good.
1: Nice.
0: Um. But yeah. So I I, I fell into a, a weird fate hole, and <laughs> um. You know. Uh, yeah. I, com- I, I completed fate, fate zero, episode. and yeah. then two thousand six. And then Unlimited Blade Works, and now all I have to do is scrounge around and wait for the movies, um, of which the final one was supposed to come out at some point, but, you know, the coronavirus. um, Speaking of which, the um, Evangelion movie was supposed to come out, but the coronavirus. (laughs) Don't remind um, me. Yet again, again, (laughs) catastrophic world events are preventing us from, from getting Evangelion, but so it goes, really. So it does. <laughs> I mean, we don't even need catastrophic world-shattering events to to we do to that. We have deal with our actual
1: catastrophe kind of... before we get to yeah. see it animated.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but aside from that, like, I've just been kind of uh, watching in abject horror as, as everything uh, kind of comes crashing down. It's... A little bit, like, really, really wild right now on, on the internet uh, to exist as a person on the internet. And I'm very glad I chose to take a break from, from like, using Twitter excessively, um, which I've still kind I'm of been, like, to. holding holding on to. Because but, like,
1: I've, I've seen people, more people breaking down
0: because yeah. of staying on social
1: media too much. But it's also because, like, they don't have anything else to do except be on the internet and be on social media,
0: you know? Right, yeah. It's, um... It's a very weird time right now because, um, it is, it is a time of, of great duress for many people, obviously, because, uh, -hmm. you know, the government has failed in its entirety to do anything about this pandemic whatsoever other than tell us to stay home for a little bit and then say, all right, everything's good now. You can, you can go back outside without having done actually anything in the, like, three months that we were inside to, like... maybe prevent more cases from spiking up like this is and like obviously it is uh, i don't want to get too much into it because like it's kind of like one depressing and two not really what the podcast is about but like it's kind of it's kind of a little bit infuriating that we we spent like two or three months inside where like the whole point of that was not like we stayed inside for two months we beat it hooray but like we stay inside for two months so that we can implement, you know, testing and, and safety measures and make sure that our society is prepared for this and maybe we should do something about, you know, the healthcare system in the midst of our, you know, global emergency so that people don't go bankrupt trying to not die to coronavirus. And we didn't do any of that at all. And that sucks like a lot. So, basically, things are opening back up again, and because we didn't do anything about anything in the time, the cases are just shooting back up again. Because, of course, they are.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm able to see some changes in terms of, like, our our city where they, uh, before, it was only one testing site that they had available. Now, we have many, so that's Mm -hmm. good um however our hospitals are currently completely almost completely full all of them even the children's hospitals are completely full yeah because that's how many cases have arisen within the past three days and yeah, yeah. so i i've been talking with uh people who work in the medical center because you know, we're i just happen to uh be connected with people there and uh, they've implemented like internal policies of, you know, testing within the employees and also canceling any kind of elective procedures, um, and that's been able to kind of help lighten their load. But even so, they're finding um, positive cases within the staff, and so you'll have entire departments just completely compromised because somehow people within there have gotten infected too because there weren't proper. They didn't have the proper safety equipment supplied by the government, <laughs> you know? And it's just very, very wild that we're still having to deal with this two months later, and it's not much better, and it feels like we've made no progress, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's it's very frustrating. Um,
1: so it's very frustrating to deal with. Uh, I feel horrible for the people
0: Um
1: who are especially afflicted by this. I feel horrible for the people within the medical community who have to deal with this and not have anyone take them seriously. Like, that's disgusting, you know? <laughs> They've only studied this this kind of stuff for years and to only have people on their couches tell them that they're wrong is really quite insulting. And yeah. they're doing their best to try and manage this pandemic. And, you know, anyway. um, um yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> I think we're all trying to do our best, um, try and be safe and be kind to each other, uh, especially your essential workers.
0: <laughs> I I, t- I totally get that frustration. I mean, especially if you're, you know, um, like you, very, like, very closely adjacent to the medical field. That's just, I mean, that's just, just kind of the worst. And it's like, it's the worst, too, because it's not like, it's not even like the, the people who are are having to deal with this aren't like trying to do anything about it so Mm -hmm. much as like the people who are in charge of those people have just decided yes "Mm, correct whatever. Yep. Um so Uh, that's that's depressing and the worst. (laughs) And just you know it's not depressing.
1: Yeah. Is volleyball boys <laughs>
0: Yeah, but before I, before we get into the volleyball boys thing, um, though, is I did want I did want to briefly mention the fact that um this is not kind of the only thing that has been been going on. It's kind of been in the background of, of everything, um, obviously until now because everybody's been inside. but like there have been uh, protests for the past month because of you know all the police brutality that that our country does. And that's, that's wild. People have been protesting for literally 30, I think like six or so straight days, which is amazing. Yeah. And the police have just continued to do the police. You know, everything I learned in the news recently, just like really hammers home how bad in a way we're in, you know, our, our, our economy is collapsing, uh, the, Sort of, um, most vulnerable residents of our society are dying. Um, we're not doing anything about the big fascist police state we've created because it turns out the people in power really like that. And kind of on a smaller scale, like, I don't, I don't mean to be such a downer, right? But like, a lot of really serious stuff has been going on. Um, games and games media and games adjacent media has been having their kind of like me too moment where a lot of people are getting outed for being um, people who abuse their power right to to mm-hmm. either like sexually her- like harass or assault women and the sort of allegations keep coming out and people keep getting fired or resigning there was that whole thing with you know, Bon Appetit, um, being, Mm -hmm. uh, very bad at doing anything and not paying any of their people of color for their video appearances, which is just fucking wild. I, I, I don't even, and, um, apparently one of the biggest, uh, streamers on Twitch, Dr. Disrespect, is now permabanned. He's not allowed to be a Twitch streamer anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to touch why, because it's so sensitive of a topic, which probably means that the law is involved. That is amazing. Obviously, it's not amazing if, you know, he's uh, done something actually serious to another human being, Um, but, like, for a very long time, Dr. Disrespect has been a... um, How do I say this? Uh, Representative of everything that might be wrong with the Twitch.tv ecosystem, and you know, the whole thing about you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you make enough money for the platform. Um, but whatever happened now, it turns out that has um, overrid that. So, uh, yikes. Yikes, 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 yikes. That has been your daily dose of the real world. <laughs> and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. So,
2: uh-huh. <laughs>
0: why don't we talk about volleyball instead? Yeah, <laughs> something that we don't have to think about the real world for yet.
1: <laughs> volleyball exists in the real world. I don't know how to how to tell you that. <laughs> uh, I mean, not yet. <laughs> you think people playing
0: volleyball right now? Oh, heck, no.
1: <laughs> There's just that they're, they're taking break. <laughs> yeah, some.
0: So, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us what Haikyuu is?
1: Me! Okay. Well, Haikyuu was originally a volleyball manga authored by mangaka Haruichi Furudate that follows the journey of Hinata Shoyo, a middle school boy who catches the sight of a short volleyball player on television who's known as the Little Giant. And so, inspired by this, he desperately tries throughout middle school to start a boys' volleyball club with his frenzies who are not in volleyball. <laughs> uh, but they only manage to just barely get enough members to play in um their local junior high tournament. Um, where but uh, they've managed to get into a tournament where other high school I mean other junior high kids are playing. Uh they get crushed by um uh, Uh, a team that's led by um, a guy who's known as a genius setter, or the king of the court, um, Kageyama Tobio. And so that's where Hinata kind of develops a rivalry with Kageyama, vows to defeat him in high school, um, and goes to Karasuno High, which is where the little giant um, attended high school and that's where he ends up running into Kageyama, and they find out that they have to work together on a team (laughs) to play volleyball together. (laughs) And unfortunately, since uh, after the Little Giant, I guess, left or graduated school, um, Karasuno's reputation had started on a downturn because they haven't won any kind of significant games since then, and so now they're up the flightless rose. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the anime adaptation of Haikyuu started in April of 2014 and was produced by Production IG and directed by Susumu Mitsunaka uh, until the latest season, which is season four, where they shifted the director to Masako Sato. Um, The anime is currently on hiatus because of (coughs) global pandemic and Uh the rest of season four is slated to be released in mid July. So... Yeah. Why don't we uh? Why don't we get into it? Why don't we? Why don't we start talking about Haikyuu? Let's let's start with the characters. Our sort of favorite place to start. Um,
1: <laughs> so there are a butt ton of characters in There are the because...
0: <laughs> there are so many, and what really impresses me about Haikyuu is how each one of them is like so unique and likable in like very distinct ways, like. Even when characters have like similar wavelengths, like um, like Hinata and um, and Bokto, like they're so different in other ways that like you're like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah
1: uh, they uh, I I do like that they kind of have those types of dynamics. Like even uh, the dynamics between Karasuno and Nekoma, where you have all these characters who are parallel to each other. Yeah. There's enough different there that you're like oh I like seeing them interact. This is fun. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah. i think that that's yeah. probably that's one of the best like kind of parallel um parallel running themes in in the show
2: mm-hmm.
0: um in the series rather where like nekama and and karasuno are so vastly different as teams and they have like you know players you can sort of compare as like mm-hmm. you know parallels um but overall like yeah, I, I don't know. That, that kind of growth is interesting to me. Um, we, can, mm-hmm. we can talk about that later um, as, as much as we like. Um, who, who do you think is the best boy, Renu? Of, of all the Q boys, who do you think is the best boy?
1: Okay. So, since the first time that I watched this anime until now, throughout the second watch, my best boy has always been Nishinoya.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I get a yes. I, I completely, yes. completely understand. this seems a very makes me happy
1: whenever i see him on screen
0: (laughs) i i i agree i love nishinoya um my personal best boy is is uh perhaps unsurprisingly uh kozume kenma (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what what can i say but for for a character that like (laughs) is there just because is pretty okay at the thing that he's supposed to be doing but would rather really just be somewhere else playing video games like i feel that i feel that i too have social anxiety
1: well i love that he's friends with hinata too it's so precious yes yeah
0: their, their dynamic is really great
1: yeah. Um otherwise um I think the character who had the best most satisfying arc was Tsukishima, for sure. Oh yeah, Tsukishima's like, arc is so god, good. My god, I live for that like watching it all over again. I got hyped all over again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um In in terms of minor characters, I uh, or I, I suppose like more minor characters, I really like um I really like Kuro and I really like um yeah. uh Sugawara.
1: Yes, oh my gosh! So Sugawara I, I wanted to talk about highly underappreciated character. Yeah, because he. So the first time that I watched through it, I mean, I was like, I was like, okay, Asuga's yeah, a he's he's a good character, but I wasn't like super, you know, I guess into his arc or whatever. Like, I just didn't have like a strong connection with him. But then in the second play or second playthrough, second watch, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess I was able to pay more attention because I wasn't super caught up in the hype with Kageyama and Hinata that I resonated a lot more with what he was going through because yeah it sucks that you know you were previously you know the setter for your team and this genius comes along whom you can never hope to catch up with is already better than you and he comes along and he's he ends up taking your position and so you kind of uh watch him have to find another place for himself and that's mm-hmm. a that's a pretty real struggle in terms of uh, I don't know, in, in basically any field, you'll have someone who's younger than you just come along and they'll just be better than you, whether it's through skill or through just natural talent, that's how it is, and you have to deal with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. also, I, I like Sugawara, and I think he's a highly underappreciated character because nobody yeah. really, like, nobody pays attention to just how, like, weird he is. <laughs> Yeah, like he's he, weird. When when he gets introduced, he's like the most normal person on the team. Yeah, and then like by the end of season like three, you're like, wait a minute, like that.
1: You're your like a huge
0: weirdo. Was
1: so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I totally understand your character, but also you're such a weirdo, and I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, he's great. Um. I think uh Hinata as a protagonist is a really strong yeah, character yeah. for the series um if only because he's a super active protagonist not just in terms of like his energy level but also he's very much like I got to get things done kind of character and so that helps move the story along a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he you no know, he we mentioned that he put together his junior high volleyball team Um, He ends up coming across, you know, he wants to be the ace. And so he butts heads with Asahi, who is the current Mm -hmm. ace.
0: Um,
1: And (laughs) he ends up in the uh, season four uh, trying to infiltrate their training camp.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, just like, what are you doing? Uh,
1: Yeah. Uh, So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, He's a great antagonist for the series. I like (laughs)
0: that, like, it's... The, the series is very grounded about the way that it approaches, like, characters, like, flaws and their weaknesses. Like, yeah. you know, does very fast and can jump, but actually just kind of sucks at volleyball. Like, he's just bad <laughs> at volleyball, right? That's my favorite kind of part where, like, other than the <laughs> fact that he's really good at running and jumping, he's very, very bad at doing the actual sport and
1: it's fun watching him learn though
0: <laughs> yeah it's great to watch him learn because you're like oh this is this is this is great like you know you get to watch yeah. um somebody who clearly has very like good natural talent but might be held back by by his height learn how to be better and that whole kind of uh arc where he sneaks into the training camp and just like is the ball boy um yeah. is, is a really really great turning point um for yes. for his character and for the series mm-hmm. like where he realizes, like, oh, like, I'm actually, like, I can just look at what people are doing with my, like, good eyes. And <laughs> it it will help me be good at volleyball. And <laughs> and it still doesn't, like, translate into he's instantly, like, way better. But it means that he's thinking about, like, how, how he plays and how that kind of affects everything. And I think that's... Mm-hmm very, very good, and, and a really yes. good direction to take his character in. Because otherwise, like, yes. otherwise you have, because um, the, the thing about, about Karasuno, right, is is it's a very interesting team, and the kind of team that you would like to be the protagonists of your sports anime, Um, in, in a sense, because they're so active, right? Um, Yeah. You mentioned this about Hinata, but Karasuno is basically a team that has, like, Zero defense for a very long time other than other than Nishinoya, right? Nishinoya yeah, is, like, yeah. is like 80% of, of the team's defense, but it's a yeah. very offensively focused team, which means yeah. you get a lot of very interesting stuff because what you're watching is the offense of the team trying to outpace the fact that they're just kind of getting dunked on by, by the other team's offense. And yeah, yeah. That's that's a very interesting dynamic to watch and it's it's yeah. even more interesting when you juxtapose it with Nekoma who is the exact opposite play style. So, I I think it's it's really great that every team has the, this kind of like style that they play and yes. it's like reflected in in how kind of the points like rack up and how the rallies go. Um, like, I really liked, uh, how, um, you know, Aodate is just like, big wall! We are good at blocking! Big wall!
2: Yes! (laughs)
0: Um, and that, um, Jozenji is just like, ah, we're just fucking around, we're just playing basketball, man. (laughs)
2: Like, we're we're just here for a good time. Um, yeah.
0: But
1: like, and yeah, we'll and, say and Joe. yeah, it's
0: it's also like really great because you get to watch uh, each team have their own play style, but then you get to see what yeah. that what that kind of evolves into. Like you're not just following mm-hmm. the progress of, of Karasuno, but you're watching the progress of all the teams because they're all constantly mm-hmm. getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty, pretty great. I, I think that's pretty, pretty cool to watch. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: I mean, really, I'm just describing the concept of sports anime at this point. But you know, I don't watch a lot of sports anime, so it's 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 good. Um, I will say this about Haikyuu and its characters, which is it's very very good at getting you into the moment where someone is an antagonist, but isn't isn't necessarily unlikable, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Even if you're like, ah, you, why you gotta be that way? Like when you first meet Tsukishima... And he's just, like, kind of a jerk, <laughs> and he's, like, very apathetic <laughs> about the game. And you're, like... And it's just opposed to with Hinata, who cares, like, like way yeah. too much about the game. Yeah. And, um... You're, like, ah, oh, Tsukishimi, why you gotta be such a downer? And then you, you get to learn about, like, his kind of personal... Yeah. Um, faults and his, <laughs> yeah. his sort of uh, issues and how he's, like... Yeah. yeah, I'm, like, naturally pretty good at the game, but, like, this game basically ruined my brother. And... And yet he still he still kind of plays it, and that's why his his character arc is so compelling. Because like the f- yeah. the moment you meet him, he's he basically comes across as like terrible and smug and 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 yeah.
1: I mean, and, he had uh, that slow bird arc, and that and was just
0: <laughs> there's n- there might be nothing better than when you have a character that's like kind of insufferable, but then they're insufferable on your side. <laughs> <laughs> you know like watching him get like really smug with the enemy team is yeah, just it's he. so funny it's so good you're like hey, that's my boy out there um he
1: but gets you... such a rise out of the uh, out of their opponents yeah. hating him <laughs> and like
0: you get that with uh, with the other teams as well um, yeah. less so with, with nekoma because nekoma has always kind of been the like friendly rivalry like we're we're here for a good game um, mm-hmm. but like Aoba Josai specifically when you meet Oikawa you're just kind of like oh he's like he's like smarmy I just like slimy I don't like him um, mm-hmm. but then you learn like oh I see like he's basically just like a normal ass person and he's dealing with the fact that like he, he's dealing with the fact that he might be very good at the game and very <laughs> good at playing with his team but there are There are always uh, there's always a bigger fish and there's always somebody who's going to be better than him. Because he kind of started from like just a lower point than anybody else. And it's honestly very compelling when you get to see and even when like even when you get that like heartbreaking shot where, where like Carson is like losing where Oikawa is just like not this time.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you have
0: that entire montage that happens where it's like you you get his like backstory and he's just like, um, you know, you, yeah. you might be a better setter than me, but you're not gonna win this time. You're you're just like, oh.
1: I mean, it's and, it's it's and so know. interesting like, oh. because uh him and Suga basically have to go through similar emotions of the fact that Kageyama's coming along and uh gonna replace them, essentially. Right. But Oikawa, I feel like Is he's obviously set at a higher point because he's the star setter, like he's potentially the best setter that you know in the whole district or whatever. He gets the award and everything. But they don't. They do both go through the fact that there is this genius boy that just comes along and he's gonna take over everything that they've ever worked for, and they have to work even harder to make up for the fact that this guy has such natural talent.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I, that's that's always kind of, like, one of the central conflicts in sports anime um, that I tend to find. Which is that there's always somebody who is, like, just more talented than you are. And mm-hmm. the question is, like, is that a gap that's ever bridgeable, right? Mm-hmm. Where if if you just start from a lower point than another person... Is it mm-hmm. possible for you to put in enough effort to catch up to that person if they're also putting in a comparable amount of effort? Right, exactly. Like, like definitely one of the things that it uh that Haiku um gets right about this is that like people with a lot of talent tend to nurture that talent and they tend mm-hmm. to work just as hard as people who who don't have that talent. And mm-hmm. you know, the question is like one, is it ever possible to catch up at that at that point, mm-hmm. and and two, is it is it like you know, is, is that something you should worry about in the first place? I think mm-hmm. one of the most interesting things about um about q and the way that it addresses this question is, uh, and I think a lot of sports anime tend to go in this direction, right? It they tend to basically say like even if you individually cannot match one on one with with your with your kind of um with your mark with your opposite is it possible for you to outplay that person or outperform that person if you're working together as a team right you know it's mm-hmm. not just about having you know supernatural human ability but like th- the question of if somebody does how how do you overcome that so that they don't just they don't just dominate and yeah. we kind of see that in every uh match that that Karisina has um because they're so scrappy and because they're they're always kind of just riding that very very knife edge line to like victory so mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's, uh it's very interesting and it's, it's it's also one that like i've never really found an, an adequate answer to because like if you watch like if you watch like Ping Pong, it's kind of it's kind of also about that like central conflict and mm-hmm. and I mean my, my god, Ping Pong is so good. <laughs> uh, the, one of the only other sports anime that I I will just like rate very very highly. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think in comparison though Haikyuu is just like very fun to watch. Like Yeah. It it is just such a good time. Mhm. And it is very very good at making sure that you know what is happening I, this is what i found when i when i transitioned over to the manga is that while the manga is like drawn very well and um definitely is like panelled pretty well like mm-hmm. your eyes tend to follow the trajectory unless you spend a lot of time like analyzing what's happening it you can sometimes kind of get lost a little bit and like there's a lot of these like little breaks that happen um to make sure that you're you're still aware of what's going on like they have little um you know scoreboards that come up um they have little Mm -hmm. like rotation sheets that come up um and these are things that you don't really have to worry about in in the manga because the manga is like such or uh, in the anime because the anime is such a like grounded like you're watching them move Mm -hmm. um and th- actually, this is this is something that I learned watching Haikyuu, which is that volleyball is, like, really interesting. <laughs> I, I never realized, like... And, like, I, I don't think I knew anything about volleyball before before I started watching Haikyuu. And then uh-huh. afterwards, I was like, wait, volleyball's, like, <laughs> really interesting. <laughs> like, because in comparison to something like baseball... Volleyball is like so dynamic and it's mm. a lot it's a lot more like basketball is where like things are kind of always happening and mm-hmm. you know points are always being scored and it's um, uh, how, how do I put this like Haiku basically mentioned this where it's like you know in volleyball it's basically impossible for you to have a perfect defense right you can only have mm. a good one and so points are always being scored it's not like things are 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 really being being denied things are always moving in one direction or another um and not only that the like rotation system and like the the sub outs add like a really interesting depth and you get to really explore you know each each character even if they're minor ones and like like why they're they're being put in um Mm -hmm. the position of libero is like really cool just like yeah. I am a defensive player, uh, and I'm not allowed to actually do anything attacking, but but I I'm really good at like getting the ball back up in the air. Um, I think the mm-hmm. concept of the libero is like is like amazing. I think that's yeah. awesome and very yeah. very conducive to a sports team anime where if you're if your libero is really really good, then anytime they they kind of swap in, you're like, oh yeah, this is it, <laughs> yeah. Also Nishinoya, yeah, very good. Yeah. I love Nishinoya a lot. He is so good. <laughs> um, yeah. N- Nishinoya I think I think is easily one of the like um and this this kind of goes understated, but like I think Nishinoya is easily one of the coolest characters in mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Yep.
0: He's just tiny and he, he wants to do his best. It's actually, um, this is a fun fact, but there is, a, there is an Overwatch League player on the New York team named, named Libero. Um, and it's oh. specifically, he named himself that, like his, his tag is Libero because he, he really likes haiku, And he thought Libero was like the coolest <laughs> position. And uh, I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree. I think that shit is really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think like the characters are all all done a decent amount of justice for um at least the main cast and and quite a couple of like the the off members too. Like I really liked Tsukishima's like arc. His arc is really good. Yeah. Um I really liked uh Shoot. Um I like Sugawara's arc a lot. Um Mhm and obviously the main arc between between you know um Hinata and and Kageyama is is very compelling as well yeah. you know Kageyama as a as a character who is like very very good at volleyball but not so good at being part of a team um mm-hmm. which is i mean honestly it's i think it's kind of relatable for anybody that is like decently good at anything where like if you yeah. feel that everybody else around you is worse than you it, i that can very easily lead to some like problematic attitudes surrounding like a team sport, but I see mm-hmm. it all the time where it's like, yeah, if somebody is like a lot better, um, they will basically feel like something wasn't their fault, et cetera, et, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's it's kind of it's nice that they they hammer that out early, but they don't perfect it right. It's not yeah. like he goes through his like two episode arc where he realizes that he should stop being a jerk, and then and then is 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 done is like his character is static from then on one of the great things is that the characters are always evolving like hinata is always kind of learning more and more but you know as a character he's also kind of learning more and more but like kageyama i think is is the person who goes through kageyama and tsukishima go through the most growth and kageyama Mm -hmm. specifically is is really good um especially if you kind of um if you're watching the latest season of Haiku, Kageyama's growth is is really really. I like his arc a lot because, and this is your this is your reminder that I probably should have put at the very beginning of the episode. But we are not a spoiler friendly podcast. We've never been a spoiler friendly podcast. Spoilers are the concept of spoilers are basically anathema to um, good analysis. Like you're not going to find any any good substance um, analyzing a piece of media. <laughs> I if already you spoiled the,
1: the season yeah. four
0: so. <laughs> I mean, I have the ability to spoil everything that happens in the manga and it's fucking wild too. Really. The latest arc is actually really really wild. Okay, but, you can't
1: spoil that much for me.
0: Okay, I won't spoil that much for you. But Thank you. here's here's the thing, right? Where yeah. Kagayama basically realizes, "Oh, I should be more of a team player." Right? And then he yeah. learns from Oikawa like, "Oh, I should I should be like he learned from Oyakawa and from Sugawara, like, I should be more in tune with how my team is. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, I just realized that's something that I, <laughs> I should probably learn. But like, <laughs> um,
1: I like that he has such a resistance to doing that with Tsukishima. And- yeah, yeah, he's just like, <laughs>
0: power. <laughs> <sighs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: and then Tsukishima
0: just, <laughs> smirk. <laughs> I love, I love my volleyball boys. Um, but yeah, but, like, then, then Kageyama goes through, um, that whole thing where once he realizes, like, uh, that he should be a team player, he kind of goes all in on that, and then when he goes to the training camp, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the Miwa brothers is just, like, bit of a goody two-shoes, aren't we?
1: No, yeah! <laughs> and you're,
0: and you're instantly like, whoa, I hate this guy. Yeah! <laughs> but then Kagayama goes through, through an, an entire arc of like learning what it means to to not be like that and to make cause like this is and i think this is very interesting where like Kagayama was basically um because he's so good at setting he's perfectly capable of making um sets that are very easy for the spikers to hit but complement and like um shore up their weaknesses like it essentially mm-hmm. encourages bad habits right and mm-hmm. so the fact that after that after hearing that he realizes like oh i can do things that are like a little bit more selfish but not entirely selfish to like make sure my teammates are are playing well and and reinforcing good habits and that's when he really like becomes just mm, very scary
1: yeah i was at first when i was watching that part i was pretty conflicted because i was like after three seasons of growth you relapse back into how you were in junior high but then the way that they handle it and the way that he kind of grows from that in terms of the fact that the team knows that he's such a good setter that (laughs) <laughs> you know, they're they're not as good at their roles as he is at setting. Right. And um the fact that they tell him, like, yeah, you're you're really good, but like, so what? We're still gonna do what we want.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well uh a- Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> no, keep going.
1: No, he he I think the fact that they he kind of learns a bit more about how to handle his team in that way that they'll take whatever advice that he has that they want to take, but anything that they don't want to listen to, they're just not gonna listen to him. Mm-hmm. And so he's not gonna be able to be like the complete like king of the court as it is, but he will be able to help them improve because he is able to to see that from where he is uh uh on the court. Um, so mm-hmm. I did like the the kind of nuanced solution, I guess, to all of that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, well I like it because it shows that growth is not like a linear thing either. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's very possible for someone to learn something and then overcorrect for it or learn something and like maybe yes. not internalize it properly etc. Right, et exactly. Yeah. And it, it does kind of have to do with um like this this philosophy that that haiku has where uh it's it's kind of okay to take a break. Right? Things yeah. things don't always have to be moving forward all the time. You can right. you can mm-hmm. meander. You can even regress a little bit if you like. You know, need that to 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 go to you know grow further, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kageyama learning that you know he's he's basically being too nice to his team with his sets is is a moment where he regresses back to to middle school, but it's so that he can grow to a further point beyond where he was before
1: right so. exactly i that that's what i ended up coming away from it is that they're ultimately moving even further than they were before versus right. like rehashing an old arc for the sake of drama that's what yeah, i was, very that was what I, that's about. what i was thought that was uh, yeah. it was
0: gonna be too but i was like, yeah. very pleasantly surprised that it wasn't exactly yeah. yeah it was it was handled very very well yes um, yes Speaking of Kageyama, I like that I like that Haiku is very committed to making its huge cast of characters, even the like really minor ones have their like own quirks. Um, more specifically, I like that I like that Kageyama just has a thing where he can't decide what to pick from a vending machine, so he just presses both buttons and just like <laughs> whatever <laughs> one comes out, of- comes out comes out.
1: Right, they have such really good small character moments throughout the entire series, which is so great because you just have fun watching these these characters interact with each other.
0: I also like that Kagema <laughs> sucks at school; he's only good at volleyball. <laughs> I know
1: because you wouldn't expect it because he's so studious at volleyball.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he, I I love it because the characters um have these have these little quirks. This is something that I think is like a very um. It's a much more common thing with, uh, with, I find with Japanese manga where because they have these, like, out of sort of context panels that tell you about characters and, and their little details, um, Japanese, like, manga is, like, very invested in telling you very little, like, inconsequential details about a character, right? Mm -hmm.
2: It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is their
0: blood type, this is, this is their height, you know, this is their, like, zodiac sign or whatever, um... And, like, it shows you their like, likes and dislikes. But I really like those because it builds character in a way that isn't necessarily for the sake of character growth, but just to, to have little quirks about your characters. Like, that is what makes characters feel distinct and vibrant and unique. Like, people are weird, and they have weird little quirks. Some people can't decide what to get from vending machines. Like it's, it's a, it's a thing, you know? And I like, I like that, that Haikyuu is very, very committed to putting in these things about their characters that very don't have anything to do with the story or their own yep. character arcs, but just like, yep. this is just like a weird little thing that, that this person does. Right. Yeah. So I, I, it's a, in, in that kind of way, um, the, the little granular details of Haiky are are very good. Um, and, yeah. I mean, you just get more invested in characters when you when you learn they have, like, these weird little things that they do. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: hmm <laughs> Okay, uh, let's, let's talk about the music a little bit, because uh, it's very good.
1: It's so good! Oh, my God.
0: The music for Haikyuu <laughs> sounds like it belongs in a different anime. Like, not to say that it doesn't fit, <laughs> but, like, it, if you took Haikyuu music out of context and you, like, played it for somebody, you'd be like, oh, man, what kind of, like awesome fight scene is happening now and you're just yeah like, it's just, right. It's volleyball. <laughs> right like there's that one volleyball. really there's that one really iconic track with the like very heavy like violin noises and it just yeah. like does the like whee,
2: whee, 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 whee.
0: and you're like this is the hype music i'm getting hype <laughs> like it it does a very good job of knowing when to, when to use the music because it's not even necessarily during like the you know what would be sort of like a climax point it's just when you need to build the tension and Mm -hmm. when you need to like swell the the emotion of of uh of that in into the audience and yeah it does i mean it helps that the music is very good um the music is done by um yuki hayashi who is uh very famous for his work on on hirohaka and uh, asami tachibana who is known for her work on darling the franks and seraph of the end um but yeah, the the music in Aki is consistently very good. It's n- it's like yeah. never bad. Yeah. It's never bad and they always seem to know when to use it. So very impressive. Very impressive. It's
1: great. It's great.
0: Yeah. Like there's, there's times when music like should take a backseat to like what's happening so that it doesn't distract but should complement a scene. And there's times when music can really like come to the forefront and like actually like uh, be a part of the scene. And, yeah. and Haiki was very good about striking that balance, because um, they have. Yeah, I've
1: never had a point where it was distracting me from the story. Right. If anything, it just helps immerse me in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, they're very good at it because, like, the mm-hmm. moments when they kind of cut in that, like, really hard the the violence on that goes very hard. It's like, it's meant to be a moment that that builds tension. That is kind of like the like this is our counterattack moment. So,
1: <laughs> very good. <laughs>
0: Very good. I love I love mm-hmm. the music a lot. Um on the topic of the of the anime, the animation is really good. Like Oh yeah. Really good.
1: Really, really Consistently good. Consistently <laughs> good all the way through.
0: I did think it was interesting that um season four, the art style is a lot more mature.
1: It is very different. I've heard mixed feelings about it because obviously people Get very used to how their characters are drawn, yeah. You know, yeah. over the seasons, but um, and you and you can tell me whether this is true or not. I heard someone say that uh, season four has a style that's more closely uh, reminiscent of the manga versus the rest of the seasons. Is that true?
0: Um. I, I I yeah I I would I think I would tend to agree actually with that. Mm. Um, if you watch the first three seasons of Haikyuu, it establishes a very like unique and strong visual style, but it's right. actually quite distinct from how the manga is. Because while the mm. manga is, um, okay. So I read both the the one shot that uh that got the manga serialized and and the series proper. Um, I started mm. around the the arc where um where I left off, basically. Because um, as much as I love Haikyuu, I really didn't want to just, like, start from from page one. I read the first chapter, and then I, like, skipped all the way to, like, chapter 200 or whatever, where, like, the mm-hmm. anime is. Um, mm-hmm. It might be blasphemous, but, like, you know, yeah. So I I will say that um, the manga has this very, like, um, scratchy, uh, more, more grounded and mature style than the, the very, like soft easy to look at clean seasons one to three that season four Mm. reflects very well um Mm. the thing about and this is actually one of the most interesting things if you read the one shot for haikyuu the art style is like vastly different it looks like oh it looks like um uh like almost like a kind of like and i guess this makes sense for when it was when it was published but it looks more like um more like death note Oh. Then like Haikyuu. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's a very like um Oh, I'm blanking on the manga cover for Death Note, but it's very much his like uh, closer to his style of, of manga. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I was actually surprised. I was like, "Whoa, this is like way different." Well, the actual like manga look like this, but the manga looks a lot softer. Um But yeah, Haikyuu season 4 looks a lot closer to the manga in certain respects. Um it it, okay. it definitely shares the same kind of grounded feeling. Like um yeah, seasons 1 to 3 were just like very very overly like cutesy and clean. Um mm-hmm. which isn't to say I don't appreciate that style. I think it's very very easy on the eyes. I like it a lot. But Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that got developed as like it, or it rather it became the kind of signature haiku style in right. people's eyes until if they didn't read the manga. more iconic than the manga. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Right, exactly. So I think when it changed in season four, people were like, what is this?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 totally, I totally get that. Um, yeah. I, I was a little jarred, too. I was like, oh, this is like this is different. Um, yeah,
1: but the animation was still good. I was like, I, yeah. don't, I don't mind.
0: <laughs> the animation is still really good. And, and arguably with, with the director shift, it's a lot more dynamic to watch i Mm. i know this is specifically about season four but season four is very engaging even in even in like the slower episodes like it's visually Mm. very interesting to watch um Mm -hmm. i couldn't point to anything in specific because to be perfectly honest with you it's been about two or three weeks since i've actually watched any haikyuu um (laughs) but yeah overall i was i was very impressed with the direction in um in season four and the uh the OVA where where Nekoma plays the other team um mm-hmm. the like the snake the snaky team Hebe-yama, Oh, yeah 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 yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah yeah i would i would love a i would love a spin-off manga about about Nekoma like i i love Nekoma
1: yeah i mean not i
0: mean not in like small part because i like i like Kenma a lot but like you know i i just like them as as a team in in contrast to to Karasuno um yeah just like a slow, steady, very, very, uh, we, we build upon the entire game. We're like building our like database of how to play. Um, I think that's, that's very interesting to me. Um, especially in a Mm -hmm. game as like fast paced as volleyball is. So (laughs) yeah, I, I like it a lot. Like, and I, I like that they have, you know, obviously I mentioned this before, but I like that each school has, has kind of their, their own identity and, you know um Karasuna's kind of becomes like Hinata flying like that's the that's the right. kind of uh theme whereas um Nekoma is like about the cat lying in wait, and you know um you kind of have, have uh, all the, all that other stuff
1: um, right,
0: yeah yeah so let's yeah. uh let's get in let's get into what i what I would personally consider the meat of it um you can kind of consider it whatever you want. Um, <laughs> the the themes of haiku are pretty in line with the themes of most sports anime. I would say, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I would say it is pretty normal for sports anime to be about personal growth. Um, actually, yep. a, a lot of most shonen anime is about is about personal growth. Um, at yeah. least on some level, um, mm-hmm. it's obviously about like playing as a team and yeah. um, doing things wholeheartedly and earnestly without. Without regret, Um, I think that's one of the kind of central conflicts about Tsukishima's arc is about if I get invested in this game that Mm -hmm. ultimately doesn't do anything for me. I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna be a volleyball player. I'm, you know, um, I'm gonna graduate high school and like go to college, and I probably won't play volleyball there. So what is the point of me getting invested here? Um, Right compared to you know, Hina tells, like, I take everything, like, one game at a time, and I just love volleyball to the point of I'm on the court all the time, and then every right. character in between those two, right?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I
0: really like that. I think that's one of the most interesting things about sports anime central conflicts to me is the idea that if you get invested in something, you can potentially be, be hurt by it, even if it might, you know, bring you fulfillment, and that's kind of a risk that some people are willing to take and some people aren't willing to take. And it's, it's just of particular interest to me. I think because um, I've been having similar thoughts about how people play tank characters in, in MMOs where it seems to me a lot that it's less about like what the particular mechanics are and, and like what people like about those mechanics and the kind of person that is drawn to playing tank. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a certain kind of person I find that likes to to generally play tank, and it's it's usually someone pretty comfortable with one taking criticism, but two, uh, very comfortable with letting themselves be um the reason that someone loses, right? Like I find that in MMOs or um in games where tanks play a, a prominent role uh one of the the central kind of things that happens is when you're the tank, you dictate so much of what happens by how you how you play mm-hmm. you essentially leave yourself vulnerable to to uh to responsibility to blame right yeah like in in a game like Final Fantasy fourteen, if your tank doesn't know the dungeon you're doing, your chances are very are a lot lower than they would be otherwise. It's kind of up to the tank to know, you know, when triggers and damage and, and et cetera comes. They're responsible for a lot more. So when you lose, mm-hmm. it's... it You can pretty e- easily point to, like, oh, it's the tank's fault, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of people aren't... I think understandably so, aren't willing to take that criticism, and they aren't willing to take that responsibility upon themselves. I know that I don't want to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, this is why I play support characters, because... <laughs> It's not that I want to be the reason that we win, which is what kind of a tank feels like. I I just never want to be the reason we lose, which is kind of what I believe that a support is like. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's, that's always really interesting to me. And like you kind of can't blame anybody for for being like I just like don't really want to be that invested. But at the same time, when you have a character like Tsukishima that turns around and is like has that moment where it's like, oh, I'm, like, really into volleyball now, right? Like, they talk about that at the, at the um, training camp where they're like, you know, there's just, like, a, there's always a moment where, where you realize, like, oh, I really like volleyball. And when you see Sukishima have that moment, you're like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> my boys are growing up. Like, it legitimately is one of the most satisfying, yeah, like, pivotal points for a character in the entire series. Like, mm-hmm. Having read the manga yeah. like the entire series, you're like, "Oh Tsukishima <laughs> <laughs> right when and I think it's it, in a lot of ways it's because we we as Americans grew up in a society where um sincerity and earnestness are not seen as valuable um they are are not valued kind of uh traits uh we we kind of have grown up in a society where like being sarcastic and being snarky and not being true or earnest mm-hmm. or honest or sincere like those things are seen as weaknesses and, and right. you're not meant to to show those to other people and right. the fact that we've kind of come around in the other direction in recent years is is nice cuz um it feels like a lot more than Than we have uh, previously, we've we sort of allowed ourselves to embrace things that are sincere and genuine and maybe even a little naive, and so when you see a character like Tsukishima who's like disillusioned and you know grumpy and um, like is only really there just because learn to really love and invest himself in something, you feel that secondhand in yourself. You're like, oh, that's my heart being warmed right now. (laughs)
1: i relate a lot to his older brother watching him play it's like
0: oh yeah you're like oh i'm so proud of you (laughs) so proud (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, i mean i i totally get it i totally get it i think to be fair like there's a lot of um my own kind of personal feelings entangled with with watching sports anime which might be the reason i was kind of off-put by a lot of them um that and i find most sports to be just like utterly boring i just
1: yeah I- so <laughs> so what made haikyuu i guess different for you um as opposed to other sports anime
0: i think that there's there's nothing like in particular that i could really point to and say this is why i love um this is why i find this compelling as a, as a sports anime um Or, this is why I like this more than other sports anime. I can point at Ping Pong and be like, I like this because it boils down the central conflict of sports and the concept of sports anime um, into a nice, like, kind of, like, 12 or so episode package. And it explores that really in-depth and very maturely. Um... I wouldn't be able to point to anything in particular in Haikyuu aside from the fact that it's just very well done. You know, it's very yeah. entertaining to watch. I think volleyball itself is actually is maybe just a sport that like is of particular interest to me because um, mm-hmm. I kind of like when things I like when things have a little element of um of change to them, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about the ever shifting rotation of a volleyball that makes it more interesting than something like baseball which is like okay you have set positions you have a batter it's you do you yeah right it's a kind of a, a straight like one-on-one competition whereas volleyball is is a sport that's always moving in more ways than just people moving on the court and there's like strategy behind like you know which rotations you'll use when you're going to swap your liberos in etc etc all of that is is really is really interesting to me and i think it works very well for an anime where you can accentuate and exemplify what a character's strengths and weaknesses are like for a long time hinata's greatest weakness is the fact that he's very 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 bad at receiving yeah so whenever he goes in into the back they'll just swap him out for nishinoya or you know swap him for someone else um Mm -hmm. and I think that just yeah, that's just very engaging to me. All of that is very interesting to me. It's uh, the anime yeah. is, is very well put together. It's very dynamic. It's very fun to watch. The characters are just endlessly charming. I yeah. I will say this. I don't, I think a, <laughs> a large part of my investment in Haikyu is just that immediately from the outset every character is like very endearing. And yes, I love all I, of them. Yeah. They're all my sons.
1: I completely agree. The character writing in this show, I feel like more so than most any sports anime that I've watched is so strong, and it definitely carries the entire story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um For me, it's... Even though Haikyuu rehashes the same tropes that you would find in most any other sports anime, it really is the execution that mm-hmm. makes it stand mm-hmm. out. For sure. Yeah.
0: Mhm. I like... I, one of the things I really like, and this is one of my favorite things in, in uh, any anime, but... I like when someone's personality is um indicative of how they do something or is is um opposite of expectation, right? So you have, you know, Hinata who is is tiny but is very fast and can jump pretty much on par with with most people um no matter how tall they are. And that fits very much with his like, you know, bouncy, bubbly, energetic personality. Um mm-hmm. and you have Again, you have Tsukishima, who's like you know um very laid back and um doesn't take things like maybe as seriously, and uh his greatest weakness is that he he just doesn't have the stamina like he doesn't have yeah he doesn't have the stamina on par with anybody else like he's probably mm-hmm. you know at, uh, he becomes the best blocker on the team, you know uh, he, a lot of his other specs go up, um including the fact that he can spike very high because he's the tallest one on the team. But he just doesn't have the stamina to, to do it over and over again. Like, yeah, I like that each character has strengths and weaknesses that are like in line with how, how your how their personalities are. Um, it's yeah, a very like, I... nice like shortcut way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I um one of the people that I find so funny on the team is Asahi because he's I love Asahi. They're yeah. ace. Yeah, but he's such a timid guy. <laughs> right,
0: he's so timid, but his like his but he spikes like a monster.
1: Yeah, but he actually really cares about the sport, but more than that, he really cares about his team and not letting them down. And so he's really passionate about that, and that's what helps make him the ace.
0: Right. So <laughs> I I like that Sugawara has his own kind of like skill set um aside from from uh Kageyama, where like mm-hmm. you know he's more in tune with how his team is because he's been doing that for a long time. And mm-hmm. also, he they can bring him in when they want to do like um, certain like strategies, like a like a synchronized attack with like literally everybody. Yeah, because um, like Kageyama <laughs> also is is good at other things. He's good at spiking and he's good at blocking. Mm-hmm. So um, it makes a lot of sense for you to bring in um, somebody who can set and then have everybody attack. Just yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like. I like when I like when characters have weaknesses and strengths that complement each other and when you get to see those pieces come together and especially in in Haiku because you know people are getting swapped in and out so like it's it's very dynamic it's all there's always something to think about and always something interesting happening right
1: Yeah like the fact that they can rotate through the cast so well is so interesting like when one character feels like they're kind of falling to the background they'll come back like Tanaka has his own little mini arc too in the middle of the match. Um mm-hmm. where he was you you find out that actually throughout the match he was taunting that one guy.
0: Yeah uh, the the right. the wild
1: guy. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, that's so perfect for you though, because you're always antagonizing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I like
0: that, that Haiku just like does a lot of justice to all of its characters. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. The,
0: the only character, like I would say, that arguably the character on the like main team that gets the least kind of coverage is 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 the captain, and that's yeah, mostly Daiichi. because, and that's mostly because he's like his whatever arc he might have had has kind of already passed. Like he's just there to be senpai, and he's there to be. Yeah, but you also I mean, but you also realize how important he is as the bedrock yeah, of exactly. the team, yeah. as someone who doesn't really change a lot aside from being able to support the people around him, like. You yeah. begin to see why that's so important,
1: right? They they pointed out in the series, which I like, is that yeah, he is a guy who, despite being the captain, is like more of a background player. But because of that, everyone relies on him as their as their support. You know, he he is always just a steady pillar of strength for them. And then when he gets his freaking tooth knocked out, everyone freaks out.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, it really rattles everybody because suddenly yeah. like, their base is gone, right?
1: Exactly.
0: I also, um, I think it's really cool because Haikyuu, like many high school sports anime, so this is the thing about high school sports anime, right? Is that oftentimes high school sports anime can be a little bit, it can be a little bit silly. Like these are high schoolers obviously their high school Mm -hmm. is very good at what they do but like their high school is their bodies aren't done growing they're obviously not going to compete on par with like national international level teams um Mm -hmm. and there's always kind of this low-lying level of like it's a high school sport why why do you care so much right um and i think Haiku answers that in in kind with you know we like people care because they're they're putting they're all in and then they want to leave without any without having any regrets even if they lose and yeah, that's a very exactly. kind of compelling thing to to hear obviously but mm-hmm. then there's the the other kind of level of um there is a a a very interesting thing about high school sports anime to me which is that it is the concept of of time right mm. time constraints being one of mm-hmm. the most pressing things that like, it's one of those things that, you know, you hear a lot and you know it at, at kind of a, a baseline level, um, but doesn't really come up until it really comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know that the third years are going to have to graduate. Yeah. You know, you know that this team will not stay the same. And they, yep. it, it. I think surprisingly, high school sports anime, the reason why it's, like, so popular over, like, competitive like you know professional sports anime is because of that time constraint it Mm -hmm. it actually i think is one of the most compelling stakes is always just how how do we do right by the third years who have come before us yeah and like i'm realizing now that that's like kind of one of the central pillars of high school sports anime right
1: yep (laughs) and there's always um
0: There's always, obviously, like, a little, like, um, conflict you can have between, like, well, what happens when you're a third year but you're not as good as, like, the first years, like, how does that feel for you as a player, et cetera, et cetera, Um, and I like that Haiku has a lot of this uh, really strong, like, generational handing down of tradition where Mm -hmm. the teams basically are, they're always changing year by year but they're passing down how they play the game and they're kind of, like, yeah. refining and perfecting it. Um, yeah. Where even if you have the third year's leave, you know, um, like, uh, for instance, like, you know, um, like, Nekoma is always going to be a team that is slow and steady and wears their opponents out and waits for the perfect time time to strike. Um, and And, yeah. Whereas Karasuno has, has a tradition in the past that has gone kind of, that has kind of disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that they get to kind of create their own tradition. Um, and it, when you're invested in the characters, especially the third years, it is heartbreaking when, when a team loses, you know? Yeah. And it means that every game has more stakes than... Than it would normally, even though the stakes are kind of inherently lower, because it's not like they're like playing for their livelihoods; they're just playing for f- self fulfillment. But like you know, even that's kind of compelling in its in its own right. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do like the fact that they also have the alumni come back. Oh and yeah. Teach yeah. the kids, which is so great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, it, this is a, a slight spoiler for for the manga, but the, um, the little giant comes back in- um, Oh, what? In, like, <laughs> the, the original little giant comes back, and I love it because he's just a normal dude. What do you mean? That's a big spoiler! <laughs> he's just a normal dude! How dare you! <laughs> Run right, it's gonna happen in the first, like, three episodes that you watch of the next, of the, like, season. Good.
1: Okay. Good. It, better it be happens too, really now soon. I want to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I I really like Hinata. In contrast to um, I, 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 I'm not gonna remember his name right now. But the boy who looks like a seagull. What? The boy who looks like a seagull. He he's at he's at Kageyama's training camp, and he's like the other really tiny uh, volleyball. Oh
1: player. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you, wait, he looks like a seagull. You mean the guy with the weird eyes? Right? Yeah, the
0: weird eye guy. Uh, <laughs> it's because he comes his his school is Kamomedai, and Kamome means seagull. Okay. <laughs> so they make a lot of seagull analogies, obviously, because you know seagulls, crows. Ha ha. Haiku loves its puns, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, like, um. Shoot, what is his name? Oh my god, I don't remember it. It's like on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> ah, whatever.
2: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah. So, let's see. Is there, is there anything else we, we can talk about in, in regards to, like, thematics? Um.
1: Korai Hoshiumi. Oh. It's
0: his name. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that that sounds about right i don't know why i I thought it was like i thought it was like really similar to ushijima but it's not no um but yeah i mean it haikyuu boils down like what what sports anime is about right where it's just like self-improvement um the ability to work together with other people um overcoming your own barriers i do like i i, I will say this i do like that um Hinata has a as a barrier that he basically cannot break, um, which is that he's, he's pretty short, right? Yeah. He will never, like, no matter how good he gets at jumping, he'll never be higher than people who are, like, two meters tall, right? Who can also jump very high, right? But he, he has other things he can leverage, and one of the most interesting things to me is that these kind of... Um, advantages uh, or disadvantages can be circumvented if if you complement them with another person like it's kageyama's ability to set that uh is the is the key factor in hinata being able to play effectively and both of it, it, but it also kind of locks them into um into a routine that they have to break again and again and again to overcome stronger and stronger opponents. And that's like hey, that's shonen 101. Yeah. That's super interesting. I love that, you know? Um, yeah,
1: I do I do like the the arc that comes after with Hinata trying to figure out how he can fight without Kageyama. Yeah, um, it's during the training camp stuff and that's that's it's great. also
0: um, like I won't spoil too much of what happens, but it's um, this is a this is a theme that does get somewhat expanded um in the the latest arc um, and there's kind of some stuff about it um, it's. The high manga is coming to an end, Renew. It's like coming to an end.
1: I thought I. I... <laughs> I'm not gonna be ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like rapidly approaching the end. Like obviously, yeah. I won't. I won't talk too much about it because I know that you haven't read it, and I would rather let you kind of read it at, at your own pace. I won't spoil everything that happens, <laughs> um, but I will say that I think that the the end of this arc in the anime is one of the more interesting choices that the um, that the series makes. Um, I think, like the transition between this arc and the next arc is very very interesting mm. for for a lot of reasons kind of related to to what i've what I've been talking about um throughout the entirety of this episode really yeah, yeah. um I've kind of expressed my thoughts about the manga really in relation to the anime um it is it's, it's kind of different there's a different sort of vibe to it where mm-hmm. I, it's still haiku, obviously, and it's still like you know you got your your lovable, adorable characters kind of like goofing at each other between really serious matches, um, but yeah, it's somewhat less readable. But I think that's just that's just a medium thing. I think it's very yeah. very difficult to make any sport mm. readable, um, mm-hmm. and I th- I think for what it's worth, uh, Fujudate does a really good job of making it more readable um but I think it's just kind of one of those things where like it will always be a little bit difficult to like be able to parse sports especially because like Haikyuu has this very specific thing where it shows you what the rotations are every time they have to switch and it means that you have to spend like like a like a minute or two just looking at a little box looking at like who's where and then like you're like cool It, like, uh, it's not something you necessarily have to pay attention to, uh, and I know that because the uh, you don't really pay attention to it when it's in the anime because it kind of does it for you, but it um it it does it can potentially break the flow of how you're reading because I like to read things very very fast. That's just how I am as a person. Um, so I always just yeah. get caught like snagged by these little boxes and I'm like, hmm, let's see, <laughs> Kinata back. Tsukishima Front. <laughs> my yeah, I always feel so slow when I'm reading these things. <laughs> but overall, the ma- the manga is very good. Um, it's it's, still, it's still <laughs> good. very very compelling. Uh, the pacing is I would I would say about as good about on poor. Um. Okay yeah yeah it, i mean i will say that the pacing of haikyuu is very good it, it never mm. even when it's in the slower arcs or the slower episodes it never feels like boring to watch you kind of just like you, you just like to watch things happen mm-hmm. you know um it feels like everything that happens um is is there for a reason every everything is a choice and that the slower moments really accentuate kind of the faster moments that happen. I talked about this when we talked about um... I don't remember what it's called, but the the uh, badminton anime that we watched. Like there is an appropriate Hane amount. Botto? What Hanebato? Oh yeah, I think that was, what it was called. Yeah, there's an appropriate amount of like building that you can do in in regards to um like climactic or pivotal moments. Like if you have um. A lot of flashbacks. It obviously um, slows the flow down a lot, which is a choice that you make, right? Yeah. Um, but it also is is a thing where it gives everything that happens in the game or whatever you're leading up to a lot of weight. Where I think that Oikawa serving that last like like that last hit that you know gets that Karasuno out of the the like interhigh is really good um Mm -hmm. i will say the flashback i think might be even a little bit long but it has it puts so much weight emotionally and and thematically and and you know otherwise behind his hit that it like it's like the heaviest thing right it hits very the impact of it is very heavy and not just because like the sound effects are good right it's right
1: because you learn the context of
0: yeah Haiku I think is really hit, good yeah. at it at, at this. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not just it knows when to build tension, when to relieve tension, and when to slow tension down to you know to 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 build it to, to yeah. kind of get to a, a larger impact point. Like yeah. um I will say Haiku Haiku is a little heavy on flashbacks even at times, but um <laughs> I remember one moment, uh it was
1: um during the Seijo versus Karasuno match. Uh, they were talking about, or they, they were showing Kiyotani's backstory, and they literally had a flashback in a flashback, and yeah. I was like, oh my god.
0: <laughs> like, Haiku loves flashbacks. <laughs>
1: Why did you flashback while he was in the flashback? yeah but i understood why i mean and and of course we got the relevant information that we needed out of out of it and yeah we we understood his character afterwards but it it was just so funny i was like oh my god we're flashbacking in his flashback
0: (laughs) no yeah i i i completely I, i totally get that um (laughs) <laughs> it was very liberal with its flashbacks uh, yeah. it is you know for, for the purpose of, of building those moments yeah
1: exactly um, like it was it was complete like I didn't mind it at all it was yeah. just so funny
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where he, it is a decision that they made and you will yeah. you will like it or you will be put off by it and you know that's just kind of personally up to you um and how you how you like to to watch things like i think in contrast something like kuroko no Basuke is so fast and like there's never really any tension relief it just happens it just keeps happening yeah um haiku is <laughs> very good at having a an irregular but interesting rhythm to it where mm-hmm. yeah. points will either rack up very fast or like each set will be like, or each uh, each point will be like agonizingly slow because mm-hmm it reflects like where where the teams are at kind of uh, yep. in their mental state and in their emotional state mm-hmm. where like each point feels like you're clawing up a up a cliff and mm-hmm. if the points are coming like very slowly in in the actual pacing of the show, it reflects that. You know? Mm-hmm. Um I I think I might have some thoughts about how Haiku in its first episode, it's basically the first episode. The entire thing is lead up. It's just prologue. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. I think it sets the, the tone in the stage for the rest of, of the series. Like, I think it's oh, honestly yeah. pretty fine that they spent a lot of time building up a peanut you know, kind of personal background so that you can yeah, focus no, on a lot it. of other stuff later. And mm-hmm. we, we get front loaded with a lot of Hinata's like backstory, but, um, if you notice, it it doesn't really come up that often, later, mm-hmm. right? It's front loaded so that we don't have to to manage it later. And exactly, um, yep. Honestly, I think that's I think that's fine, right? Because like mm-hmm. at that point, you know, Hinata is like doing what Hinata does, but like we're we're on Kagayama's character arc at, at that point. So like, you know, we we need the flashback time for Kagayama and Tsukishima <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's an allotted <laughs> amount of appropriate flashback time. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> but
1: um, um, I do want to say before we wrap up that I also really like the managers.
0: <laughs> I love the managers. You got you got your your sensei who's doing his best but doesn't know anything about volleyball. You got you got uh your um um your third year and your your first year managers who are very cute and I love their interactions with each other and the team. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Like, I love, um, I love that, um, uh, I can never remember how her name goes, because my brain always says the wrong vowels. It's like, it's, is is it, is it Yachi-ya? Huh?
1: No, her name's just Yachi.
0: Yachi? hmm Um, Hitoka Yachi. That's why I'm so, that, that's why I'm so confused. It's because it, it's Hitoka um but yeah i i love yachi i love that she's just mm-hmm. like uh i just think it's neat to be interested in stuff and i like that yeah. she's um <laughs> i like that she spends an inordinate amount of time just being like this this third year is so pretty she's so pretty i know she's so pretty and <laughs> so cool
1: <funny. laughs> i think I, that's uh, so isn't... funny it's it's like it's a trope that I've seen in a lot of sports anime where you have like you know the beautiful third year female manager and then she recruits like uh, a cute a a super cute first year manager who may or may not have a crush on the protagonist and they it felt like they were starting to go down that route with Yachi right because she she uh, gets recruited by Shimizu and then she's really fascinated with Hinata and i was like oh god here we go here we go but then they delve into like how like the little i don't know i guess like the tiny little quirks to yachi's personality and then also her
0: little yeah her little um, arc
1: her, her little arc yeah and i was like oh my god i love her and then it was fine and and that's not really something that you get a whole lot of from other sports anime when they do this kind of thing so i was like again it's like like you will take these popular sports tropes and they'll just kind of execute it so well that you're like, okay, this is fine. I like this. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I like I like the um I like the fact that the managers do seem to have their kind of own purpose. Where yeah, because the I team like that they have their own arcs. Yeah, like they have their own arcs. Um, mm-hmm. like Kyoko kind of feel, feel uh, feels the same role as uh as Daichi, but even then, you get some of her backstory, and it's like, you're like, oh, 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 oh oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Where Shimizu, (laughs) I I adore, I adore Kyoko's, um, character arc, because, yes, it's it's about you know it's very complimentary to the rest of mm-hmm. the characters where the rest mm-hmm. of the characters are very you know actively like you know i'm trying to do my best i'm trying to you know um break my own limits etc cetera, etc cetera. and for for kyoko it's it's kind of it's kind of the opposite where like she hit a situation a barrier that she like can't cross because she got she got injured right and she kind of chooses to to do managing the volleyball team mm-hmm. on a whim and becomes very invested in in its success and and cares a lot about being the manager for the team and how the team does and she passes that on, on to Yachi and I like that the manager like the role of the manager itself has this kind of like generational arc to it and I love I love that the characters get expanded upon because like yeah I I adore. I adore all of the side characters in Hankyu. I love, I love Kyoko. I love Yachi. I love, um, I love Tanaka's sister.
1: Yes! Oh my god, <laughs> she's so great.
0: <laughs> she, she might be one of, she might be one of my favorite like side characters in the entire series. Like she's just so great. She just shows up with a taiko drum. Like, all right, let's go! Ba 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 ba. Yeah. Um. um. So. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like Haikyuu takes very good care of its characters. Yes. Which is not necessarily something that a lot of uh sports anime does. Like you have you have the kind of incidental mm-hmm. characters that have like, you know, maybe vague romantic interest in in the char- in the um players like um you have like Daichi's like childhood friend and you have like um Tanaka's childhood friend. Um mm-hmm. but they they're just they're just kind of there to like round out the like non volleyball portion of of the uh, of the series and that's mm-hmm. that's I think okay like it doesn't doesn't have to be like a whole dramatic arc it can just be like I like watching this person do their best etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah it, and like that kind of stuff also builds right it yep. it's the reason why why Tanaka in in season four is like so compelling right because mm-hmm. suddenly a lot of his own actions have weight to them because like his childhood friend was brought into volleyball by him and she's like on a really good team and she's performing really well and he feels like he he has to keep up
1: yeah
0: right and
1: mm-hmm. i like
0: it because like a character like tanaka is like would be such a like nothing character in a different sports anime he would just exist to like be there whereas like tanaka and Haiku has so much personality
1: He's so great. <laughs> he's
0: so great. And he's like, he even has his kind of like own like skill sets, right? Right? More yes. Like, even if he's not like a star player necessarily, he's still mm-hmm. a very proficient spiker. Yep, yep. So I like <laughs> I like the way that Haikyuu handles its characters a lot because it feels yes. like it cares about all of them. No character is there just to like be a stepping stone to another one even even the like first game of of haikyuu right the like inter high where they face like some team that's just like oh, i've never heard of Karasino before and it's just like you know this this dude like you know something like, like, the yankee team
1: the yankee team
0: the team where it's like all delinquents What? (laughs) Yeah, they face like a, a little minor school that's like all delinquents, and it's like all delinquents, and then one like really chipper third year who like graduated. And
1: oh yeah, he had like the chicken hairdo. <laughs> yeah, the
0: chicken hair guy, and and yeah. so like, even <laughs> yeah. they get a little moment where they're like, well, yeah, well, like we suck as a team, but even we yeah. don't want to lose, and you're like, yeah, no, oh. it was so
1: sweet because <laughs> he came and watched them, and I was like, oh,
0: yeah, I I really like that each kind of. Um, each team has has their own uh, their own stakes their own wants their desires goals they have their own philosophies too like i like that i like that each team fighting is is this like battle of philosophies because like that's that's all a fight scene in anime is right you know it's like i have this these beliefs that i won't back down on and i have these beliefs that i don't back down on um in sports Mm -hmm. anime a lot of that is shared obviously it's like i want to you know win i want to be the best um Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's also like Different ways that, that people people do it. Like Karasuno is like we want to to make it together, and some and a team like uh, like Seijo is like we we just want to win. We we are we're, we're gonna put all of our resources into into Ushijima, and he's gonna fucking blow through everyone,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, I think that's that's very cool. Um, I. Uh, I admit I was not expecting to get in- as into Q as as I was but I could uh, kind of uh-huh. I could tell by episode 3 that I was yeah. like already super invested because the <laughs> characters are just just so ridiculously <laughs> endearing. When Kagayama yeah. explains why he wants to be the setter, he's like, it's the yeah. coolest position on the court! You touch the ball a lot. I was like, oh my god, they're just they're all like this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god.
1: Ugh. Yep. <laughs> now you too can be a parent of the internet's children
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i i was surprised at how invested i was I, I was surprised at how invested i was even in characters that weren't part of the main cast because normally that doesn't really
1: happen.
0: yeah um, yeah 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 so um haikyuu very very good sports good at sports Mm-hmm. Good at good at story. I, I really, story. really wish I could talk about the manga, like of what happens in the manga, because <laughs> ah, I have so many thoughts about it. But maybe, <laughs> maybe if Renu ever catches up to the manga, we'll do like a little like bonus episode about it. Oh, that'd um, be nice. Yeah. Because I'm ah, there's so much interesting stuff that happens after this season. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I
1: think that's it. Um, if we didn't mention your favorite character, I apologize. There's a lot to go
0: through. <laughs> there are a lot of characters, and they're all pretty pretty good. They're so, pretty great. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just yeah. know
1: that it's. there's a pretty good chance we don't dislike them. We didn't mention Yamaguchi. I love Yamaguchi. And oh, energy, I love Yamaguchi, by by too.
0: <laughs> Yamaguchi is very relatable.
1: Oh sweet
0: boy just like oh no they want me to be the pinch hitter that's like extra anxiety
2: i know i feel so bad for him
0: but then but then then he gets off and he's just like i i love i love it because um the feeling of of when they lose is never like ah no this is the worst uh Mm -hmm. it's always just how do i get better it's kind of the immediate roll into like um into, like, how do I improve, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Because <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to see Hina to be devastated, and he's just like, how do I play better? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so... That is, uh... I think that's it. I think yeah, that's it. I um, think so. Why don't we... Why don't we get to, a uh, wrapping up, wrapping up here real quick. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm okay um <clears throat> all right well um thank you for listening to us talk about Haiku for a- an amount of time i actually don't know how long it's been um my computer has uh this is actually before before we continue my computer has um had kind of a weird thing lately where it has been um to put it lightly dying uh i had a <laughs> i had a blue screen pretty recently and my kind of uh my performance on my computer was pretty messed up after that, and oh no um so I was like, okay, well, what I should do is I should remove my third monitor um because it's probably taxing the like card too hard uh, yeah. and so now I just like I just have less information on my screen Anytime, What am I going to do, Renu what will uh, you I say do? that like I say that like having three monitors is a normal arrangement.
1: <laughs> what will you do <laughs> yeah uh. We're almost at two hours, but all that's including all our breaks and stuff, so okay, I see yeah. um
0: yeah i I'll say this that like uh i my computer might very well be reaching the end of its lifespan, and I'll have to rapidly look for ways to to fund a, a new one, um which is how do I say this? Not very exciting right
1: that's so fun isn't that the most fun (laughs) like the prospect
0: of a new computer cool great the prospect of having money to buy a new computer uh (laughs) that's a rough one um but yeah i that's neither here nor there i'm gonna hang on to this computer until it explodes hopefully not literally. um why don't we wrap up uh our opening is by scotty network and i uh, ending by a talk about please check those folks out i'll link to them as i always do um they they make great stuff they make great stuff uh the patrons we are thanking this week are frostfall cheru sean uh gwen claire magpie mirror test and figure four thank you all so much for your support man every, thank you guys every, especially... every time i see every time i see your pledges right. i'm like mm, my heart
1: yeah, like considering everything that's going on, it it really means a lot.
0: <laughs> oh boy, it sure does, cause uh, <laughs> it's not like not like job prospects are looking so hot for me considering <laughs> the global pandemic. <laughs> Employment in this economy, uh, but yes, um. Thank you so much for your support and yeah. thank you so much to everyone else for listening uh, as 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 a kind of like little little bit of of housekeeping um again housekeeping? again our discord server is is open, and you're free to join it through the link that we provide um if you want if you want to just like hang out and chat with us um we uh so this is the first episode that we're doing that is on the monthly schedule it legitimately it feels like and probably has been an eternity and Every day that passes is a further eternity beyond that. So you know, it it legitimately feels like it's been like two years since we've recorded a podcast episode because time is fake <laughs> and nothing is real anymore. Um, but you know, i i will i will i will say um I think the monthly schedule is is pretty good. Uh, it's it's gonna stabilize from now on. I'm going to be in Oregon for the next two weeks from the episode date, basically. So, uh, we might get a, uh, a trailer watch up for the new season, but I don't suspect that we're going to have a, um, a recorded episode for the end of the spring season. We might though. Um, nothing is impossible. We'll keep you posted on, on the Twitter page, of course. Uh. And then, and then next week, or, uh, next uh, episode proper will will come out a month from now, on the last yeah. Sunday of, of July, and it will likely a lot of things will have happened by then. You know, maybe, maybe maybe by then, um, we'll have torn down all the racist statues in our country and replaced them with statues of Chef Boyardee and Guy Fieri, people who really hey, represent man. the American institution. <laughs> Hey
1: man. <laughs> Nicholas <Nickley Page,
0: laughs> You know? <laughs> or maybe we just don't have statues of people. That's all I'm saying. Um <laughs> maybe people just don't deserve statues. Maybe maybe sta- the concept of statues is a it's okay. I'm I'm completely veering right, well, off into like you're nonsense. You're attacking sculptors
1: now and I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we have what we have kind of in the in the pipeline, um all, all the stuff mm-hmm. that's that's coming up. Um it is probably no, no um, secret at this point that the next episode we're going to be doing is about villainous isekai, and I will be sending Renu a reading list to go through. I'm that, so excited, sure. dude. Um, I'm, very, I'm very excited about this, because you don't, you don't even know how many thoughts I have about this, Renu. I can talk for like I like, three hours.
1: I already like the villainous, the one villainous anime that I watched. So yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping that these other ones that you send me will be just as delightful.
0: <laughs> um, they're delightful in different ways, I will say.
1: Right, um, exactly. They'll be different, but still delightful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, aside from that, I yeah. I think that might about like you know be, be, be the extent of the housekeeping. You know, that's kind of that's kind yeah. of what it, what it is, what it do. Um, Renu, what are you uh what are you up to this week? Uh or this month, I suppose I should say. Uh where can Ooh. we find you on the internet?
1: I'm not going on a trip. I'm gonna be here. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's probably better, honestly.
1: <laughs> uh uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Tumblr, Twitch, all at SwanDrawn. You can find me on Instagram at Swan.drawn. I thought I was done with Okami. Turns out I probably still have like another third of the game to go. Oh jeez. So. <laughs> This is a game with a lot of fake out endings, and it's making me. Uh, having. It's
0: pushing the goalpost further each time. (laughs) I see. I see.
1: But I'm really enjoying it, so I've been playing that regularly on my Twitch channel. Uh, otherwise, um, I have been working on a secret project. Ooh. On the side. A secret project? Yeah, past two months so hopefully that will come to an end soon and I will be able to unveil that to you guys because I'm really excited about it Uh so uh fingers crossed for that um that nothing happens bad in the meantime
0: (laughs) that's asking a lot Renu (laughs) yeah I know we're in the year of our lord 2020 (laughs) the year where we all have decided to perish
1: (laughs) um yeah so uh, what about you buddy
0: (laughs) Uh, you can find me all the places at literal soup um most of the places I uh, like I, I still post an occasional like food picture on on Twitter uh, if I've been doing some cooking but aside from that I I mostly try to stay off of it for for my own sake um, so that I don't melt my own brain I'm trying to get some work done I've gotten a couple more jobs with the, the kind of freelancing stuff that's exciting Ooh, um, yeah. that means I might actually have enough money to buy to build a computer and not... Starved to death, which is nice. Yo, that's um,
1: nice.
0: You know, obviously, uh I have my own personal Patreon and that has so I have Okay. I have basically suspended the um the payment collection on that for uh for this month because I'm restructuring the Patreon so that it it encompasses kind of other stuff that I want to do and you know it's not really like I can go out and eat ramen a lot when we're all inside or if going outside to eat ramen means I will pro- I will like catch a virus and be very sick. <laughs> Um, that doesn't seem like a very good value proposition for me or you, so, um, yeah, the Patreon's going through some restructuring, um, I know I'm, like, super behind on it, I'm desperately trying to get enough of my brain together to, like, do the other work that I have, um, but I swear I'm still working on that stuff, and, uh, I I swear that, uh, uh, eventually my my website will will be updated once more i don't know uh, time is time is really not real anymore and like every time i feel like i want to do work the the siren call lull of my computer in front of me means it's very difficult i don't i would like for my computer and my place of work to be different um so that i don't get distracted i know that's mm-hmm. asking a lot Mm-hmm. Um but uh but yeah we'll we'll see um I'm still chugging along. I'm still I'm still here. I'm still alive, still making the podcast happen, all that good stuff. Um you know, and it's that's all for you. All for you the listeners. Woo woo, woo yeah um i hope that i hope that this monthly schedule is is not uh not too long without hearing our voices there we like we do do other oh, stuff so.
1: <laughs> <People> <laughs> if you could use less of our voices if you Let's wanted more of us <laughs> no no no
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know why but maybe 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 um you can, you can always find us you know doing doing our various things and the Discord server and all that. Honestly, if you if, join the Discord server! I'm, I'm begging you, because then you'll get to why? look at me just <laughs> scream about VTubing at four in the morning. Oh
1: my god, no one needs that, alright?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I haven't been getting as much work as on. I don't know. Um, it might uh, just be... I don't know. Things, things are tough right now. Like Stay stay safe, y'all. I, I really hope like, you're all taking care of each other and yeah. yourselves. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's... You know... A rough time out there. What with the global pandemic and uh, all of the people coming forward with their stories of of um, industry abuse and um, you know all the police brutality that's happening. So it's pretty fucking scary out there. You know, take take care of each other. Believe survivors. Black lives matter. Farewell and good night. We will see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>
2: Pach, <laughs> pach, ね